0: Welcome to Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And now, here's your host, Work Mom.
1: Hello, I'm Lori Jovest, and this is Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. The reason I'm doing this podcast is because I've spent the last 30 years of my career learning about the emotional contact sport that is business. I've made a ton of mistakes and have decided to share those learnings through this Work Mom podcast. I became work mom a few years back when I realized how much I loved working with people in their 20s and 30s, helping them navigate difficult situations at work. So a few things before we get started. I don't do this podcast and I don't put myself out there as work mom because I think I'm superior because I'm definitely not. The reason I'm able to talk so um, intelligently about idiocy is because I've been the idiot. I have done some really dumb things and learned the hard way what works and what doesn't. And so today in the studio, we have three guests, and we're all going to just kind of jump into this raucous conversation. We have Sydney Newton. Sydney is one of my work kids. I just adore her, and we get to work together a couple days a week in an ad agency. So Sydney, introduce yourself. Tell us what you do.
2: Hi, I'm Sydney Newton, and um, I'm a marketing coordinator. I just recently graduated from Oakland University. I'm 24 years old, and I'm totally new to... The big girl work life. um. However, (laughs) she's so
1: smart. No, I just love what I... One of the reasons Sydney's here today is because she has a really interesting way of looking at mean people or people who other people perceive as being mean. And so she's here because one of the things we're going to talk about today is mean people. But let's keep going through our introductions. Um, Next, we have Dominique Wilson. And Dominique's not really old enough to be a work mom, so we're going to call her work big sister. So go ahead, Dominique. Tell us about yourself. Hey, I'm Dominique. I'm a senior art director at an
3: agency, um, and I've been in advertising for, I think, eight years. This is actually my anniversary month.
1: (laughs) Awesome. That's great. So, tell us just a little bit about your business, too, because we actually are going to talk about that a little bit later, but let's give them a taste of what you do.
3: So, I'm also a self-acceptance and color therapy coach. So, basically, I help people come up with self-acceptance strategies, and then we use color therapy to um, to basically make all those strategies more more impactful for them.
1: Yeah, it's really awesome. I worked with uh, with Dominique on a couple of different set workshops that she held, and I you pick a color... And then you use that color to remind you of something that you want to do in your life. If you want to be courageous Mm -hmm. or you want to be you know, really own who you are or be more enthusiastic. You pick a color that that works in, with that emotion and then you use that in your life. It's really cool. But we're going to circle back to that a little bit later. And then last in the studio, always with us, is our audio dude, Randy Stevenson. <laughs> you, you called me the audio dude last time. You are the audio dude. I'm going to put that on my business card. You should. So tell us about <laughs> what you're
0: doing, Randy. Well, right now I'm recording a podcast. Awesome. Um, but uh, I've been doing... Uh, Audio production, audio post-production, radio, blah, blah, blah. If you can hear it, I can do it for about 40 years.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. And Randy and I go back about 20 years, so there's a lot of really funny inside jokes. If we regress to some of those, we'll try to explain them so we don't leave them in the dark.
0: and we're sorry.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how it works. (laughs) So, um, today's topics are Mean People and Your Confidence Game. And I came across a meme on LinkedIn. If you want to know what we're going to talk about on the podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, Lori Vest. And I always grab like memes and things that I see articles and I throw them on my LinkedIn feed and then it's fodder for the podcast. So that's where I keep all the stuff. So the, qu- the quote was, if you dislike someone, do it alone. Why invite someone else to join your cause? And it's by Toby McKeon. I don't know who he is, but I loved it. Because how many times are you in a situation at the office, especially if you work for a larger company, but even some small companies can be pretty bad. And somebody's having a really hard time with somebody, and they walk over to you and they pull you into that bad situation. They pull you into not liking that someone or being unhappy with that someone. So what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you guys? If you dislike someone, do it alone. Why invite someone else to join your cause? What does that mean?
0: Misery loves company.
1: True. Absolutely. Misery loves company. Sydney, what do you think?
2: Well, I don't know. I've been in a lot of situations where I feel like I've been drawn in or tried to be pulled in to be that mean person and join in on that. And I just, there's no need. You go to work to go to work and... Just to do your job and do your best and yeah. get along with everyone in a sense. I mean, well, you've if got you to work can, as a team.
1: if you can get along with everyone, it's probably the easiest thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot more productive. Um, I had, I'll give you an example of why this isn't a good idea. Again, I, I'm the idiot. So I had, back in my 20s, I worked for an outdoor advertising company. And the boss was kind of, you know, the boss was really awesome, but the operations guy that was also a boss was kind of a jerk. And he was kind of difficult and you know, he was really charming, but then he could just be really difficult to get along with if something went wrong, you know, or somebody was having a problem. And a new woman started the company and she was really bubbly and sweet, and I really liked her. And so we went out for drinks. And we had a really long conversation about how we didn't like this operations manager. And I thought, oh good, I've got company. Misery loves company, right? And about two days later, um, the operations manager called me into his office and said, why did you say all these things about me? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. She had gone back to him and <laughs> oh, said, yeah. oh my Lori's gosh. really unhappy. I don't know if you knew that, but she was going to use that to bump past me in the ranks at the company. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, My kind of girl. Damn. (laughs) I had no idea anything like that could ever happen. Yeah. And I mean, I was like a deer in the headlights. I mean, my blood ran cold. I was like, oh my God, he knows exactly what I said. And of course, I denied it. But I probably should have. Now I would just go, yeah, I did. You know what? But honestly, I wouldn't be talking behind somebody's back like that now in my 50s, now that I'm smarter than I was when I was a train wreck right out of college. (laughs) It was kind of a train wreck. (laughs) So, anyway, Dominique, you didn't get to say anything about that one. What do you think? I kind of have a different
3: view on that, Go oddly enough. Um, because a few times for me, it's been that one thing that helps you see, like, oh, I'm not. this person's not just doing this to me. This is a trend. They treat everybody this way. Oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. So, sometimes it's, like, a little bit helpful, but it is a lot of you got to be careful what you say and who you're saying it to if you... Yeah. If you start talking to people
1: about somebody. Especially if it's a competitive workplace. Because yeah. in a competitive workplace, people will use against you what they got to use against you in their minds. What they think, you know, is going to get them the upper hand if for whatever reason. So I've got another um, mean person story. This one is a, a really good one. And I think it's something a lot of us have run into. Um, this woman, I worked with her in an ad agency. She was absolutely adorable. She was really smart and cute and charming as hell. And for some reason, every once in a while, she'd pick one of the women out of the creative department to be just a little snotty to. And there were two of us who she in particular liked to mess with. And if you what what would happen is if you ever made a mistake, instead of like, I could see her from across the room, you know, I could see her desk, I could wave at her, you know. But if you made a mistake and, you know, something, forgot something, instead of coming over to your desk and saying, hey, Lori, would you, you know, fix this? She would write that email and CC the whole team, all eight people. So they would know that you made that idiot mistake. And I got her number pretty quickly because she would go back and forth with emails on these chains. So you could have, I watched an art director that sat behind me I think it was eight or nine rounds of back and forth email with eight people on every one with little snippy back and forth. You didn't do this, no, I did that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she was just so mean. And nobody could like I couldn't figure out what her end game was and I still don't know. I just think she was not very mature. Um and so I would go, I what I do in those situations, and it's just kind of what I learned when I was in sales, is I go totally overboard in being really, really nice. So I'd, get a, I'd see the email come over that went to the whole team, and I'd stand up from my desk and go over to her. How are you doing? How was your weekend? How was the wedding plans? And, oh, by the way, you know that thing that I forgot? I'll take care of that for you, and I'd go back to my desk. Because that was really the only way to stop the back and forth. If you replied emails, she'd come back to you with another email. So it was absolutely nuts. But let me let's talk about how you can think about mean people in a way that makes it easier for you to manage them at work. What I did and what I do tactically sometimes is just go totally overboard in the other direction because mean people aren't used to people being nice to them. And so it gets them off their guard, their game a little bit. And eventually yeah. they may let their guard down and stop being mean. That does happen, too. But do you have any, anybody have any specific ways to think about mean people so they don't get, you know, they don't get to you? Go ahead, Dom. <laughs>
3: Um, I have one that's actually helpful and one that's counterintuitive. Go for it. (laughs) So um, I do the just be overly nice thing sometimes, too. Um, And I've done that, especially to people who are extremely negative. Oh, yeah. And it's a little bit of a being petty thing because I know that it irritates them. But it also helps to like change the vibe a little bit so I don't get sucked into feeling negative and down and all too. Right. Um, But then my counterintuitive is sometimes I do I'll escalate it a little bit so if like your back, your you story mean? well no no it's making it worse <laughs>
2: oh gosh
0: so it's not just a push back it's no. a push over the, it's a, yeah. back, it's, a over back. Back. Okay.
3: it's a shove
2: back it's a shove
0: back cause
3: I've had people do the add, start adding people to emails and so I'm like well if you add people I'll add some people too
1: we can add everybody <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> let's throw the CEO in there I'm sure you love
0: you it you've obviously had a lot of experience with this <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it, it actually did. It, it's it is somewhat counterintuitive, but it did help because it's sometimes when you do something small to mirror somebody's actions,
1: then they kind of start to see like, oh wow, I look like an asshole. Yeah, I can see that. I've had people do that where you re, when you react to it
2: mm-hmm. instead of
1: when you when you you know maybe bounce back and go, oh god, what's going on with you today? Yep, they'll maybe stop themselves and go, yeah, I'm being a bitch. I'm sorry. I you know whatever happened yesterday, yep. my husband wouldn't start my car or something and it's usually the husband's fault but it has to be something small great!
3: (laughs) yeah it's got to be something small it can't be like yeah you can't go like full world war three with it but if it's just something small like you know yeah adding people back or if they yell at you you one sentence of your response yell but then bring it back down little things like that it gets people to notice what they're doing
0: yeah oh that was very sweet i'd appreciate it if you didn't (laughs) yell at me again and then you can just bring it right back down. Yeah, I, I like that. Idea. I like
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So next, next little thing about mean people here. What do you think? Do you think people interpret people as mean that might not be mean? Does that happen? Do you, is there any room for compassion with people who some people might be saying are mean?
0: People are sometimes ignorant. <laughs> or yeah. um sometimes just can't read the room and come off as mean mm-hmm. um but introverted I, people maybe too might come Yeah, off as, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Just being being uh, not snarky but just quiet and sort of yeah, whatever you want, you know.
1: Or like kind of the thing. the posture that somebody who's an introvert that maybe lacks confidence might take. To be a little cocky and a little bit, you know, when it's really a defense mechanism, maybe not really mean, you know.
2: What do you think, Sydney? I I think people who within the company have power or higher up or whatnot and can get mean or snippety at you. What What I always do if someone's like that to me, one, is kill them with kindness. My mom has always taught me that. And just... I don't think they're intentionally trying to be mean. It's just not who they are. It might come off like that or it might, you know, seem directed just at you, but you've kind of got to look at the bigger picture in that way and take away the importance of it and not just the attitude or how their tone of voice comes across because that person might not be a mean person. Like you said, they might be having a bad day or whatnot or... Or you, they're
1: just like a hard charging person. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. they're they might have a, the biggest heart and the sweetest heart, but they might come across in a harsh way towards you. But you can't, you can't take it like that. You've got to take the big the big picture out of that, like the what they want and to I mean, be
1: strategic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing that I really want to talk about a lot in this podcast series is being strategic with in business because really you're there. To make bank. I mean, you're at your job to make money. You're there to collect a paycheck. How can you keep collecting that paycheck? Enjoy your life. Have a good experience at work as best as you can. I mean, they call it work for a reason. It's not always going to be fun and games. But how can you be strategic and kind of look at the big picture and go, okay, is this you know, is this relationship here worth taking an extra look at and and putting more effort into? Or like somebody you're talking about, just a co-worker who's being a jerk, you might come back at them a little more harshly than you would, obviously, somebody who's superior to you or, you know, on up the food chain a little bit that might have the possibility of giving you a raise, you know. Um, I, I wanted to, to mention, I we were talking earlier that my my husband, um, when I worked about a mile from my home, so there was virtually no commute time, he would regularly tell me, you need to leave mean work lady at the office because I don't like her. She's bossy and she's bitchy and she's direct. There's
0: there's not enough uh, decompression time between the office and the house. I lived that same nightmare. Exactly.
1: You're just because you're at work and you're getting, getting stuff done. And my husband is so funny because now we have a company called Pop Speed Digital Marketing and we work together on projects. And I'm more the account side. So I usually end up getting the work from the client and then having to convey to him (laughs) what he needs to do and when I provide helpful feedback (laughs) sometimes he (laughs) thinks I'm being mean but I'm very direct in a business environment and in business situations where it's like hey you know we need to do this and this and this and it's got to be done by that time and, and you're just like cranking it out and getting it done so the niceties might not be there you know and so sometimes I think people can be over, you know, overly sensitive at the office, yeah. you know. So, what do you think, Randy? What do you think about mean people and and what makes them that way? Well,
0: I've been very fortunate. I haven't worked with a lot of mean people. I did work with one who actually was a partner of mine, and he. I remember ju- that he was just mean, not just to me, but to everyone. Um, and he owned it. He would say, "I'm an asshole. What do you want?" Oof. And that was. That was tough. Yeah. But I'm, like a lot of people, I think I'm pretty passive aggressive. I have a tendency to to want to make people happy and not uh, confront people with certain things. Um, And I think that was part and parcel to the the reason that, you know, one of my um, longtime businesses um, failed in the end because… I didn't want to ask people for money, and when people were people were mean to me, I go, "Oh no, it's okay. Uh You know, don't worry about it." And I placated my employees, placated my partner, I placated my customers. Yeah, Um, and that's trouble. And I've learned since in the last three years since I've been in business with uh, my wife, who actually owns this business now how to be direct and how to do exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable for me sometimes oh yeah um but i've that. learned to take my hands off it and um and let her do it yep there's mean people out there um i my best uh, advice is to avoid them
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> avoid them but i also believe in giving people cutting people some slack depending on you know, who they are and why they're doing what they're doing. Some people are just busy. You know, some of the hard charging, you know, women executives, I think, when they get really busy and things are going crazy all around them, may be talked about as if they're mean when in reality they're just being assertive. A man would not be described that way, but a woman would be. Yeah. You know, because there's yeah. some of those differences, gender di- differences in how we look
0: at behavior. Man's aggressive and assertive and a woman's a bitch. I, yeah. It's yeah.
1: So I – but the truly mean people, I I did work for somebody who almost used his – he was extremely charming, exceedingly charming and brilliant and just a brilliant person. But little black heart. I mean, just like a black hole of heart. (laughs) It was bad news. And you could – you'd watch him say mean things to people as a way of controlling and manipulating And now people like that, I basically, I ran out of their hair on fire after about eight months. I didn't last very long. And I I was surprised I lasted that long. Um, But I just came across another quote that I thought was kind of cool that says, the best revenge is not to be like that. Yeah. Just don't give it back. You know, when you've got somebody like that, it's just like you said, Randy. Just remove yourself back away from the smile asshole. Away, <laughs> smile away.
0: Smile away. Smile away. Yeah, me, exactly.
2: working with mean people has kind of taught me how not to act and how not to be mean and how to look at things differently and how oh, not yeah. to react. I yeah. mean, you see someone rea- – you see people – you have a situation and you have three different people that are involved in that situation, every single person is going to react differently. You're going to have someone react in a mean way, most definitely. And it's just, you have to learn from that because that's not how you should go about it. But you kind of have to have mean people in a way. I don't know. It's it's there, It's there. inevitable.
1: I think you have to have the dark and the light. You, you have do. to have oh.
2: the, the, you know, you have to have, we
1: all have that dark side, that light side. Mm-hmm. And we all have those in us as far as, you know, I—I I will ask my husband. I can be—I can be mean. <laughs> I can—I get mad at him. Oh, I can be mean. No, it's terrible.
0: When you but, said that, Sydney, I, I had a little light bulb moment. I seem to have forgotten everything that happened before my last company, <laughs> because I never. But I actually did work for. Probably the meanest guy on the planet. Oof. Um, he we used to call him the devil incarnate. Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> your former boss. Oh my gosh! I oh, worked, that's right. Worked together. uh worked yep. at, at his place, and he he was so good at it. He made you believe things that you knew uh, weren't true.
2: Oh, uh, exactly. mean person. It yeah. was yeah. And, wow. and, out there. Well, what Narcissistic. You said was, yeah. He
0: taught me how not to do things and that yep. guy taught me how not to do business mm-hmm. i may have overcompensated a little <laughs> you went all the way over to the other but side yeah when he did that i just i just cowered yeah. you know, everybody did he was scary and the only person in that office situation uh, that could deal with him was also a mean person oh
1: yeah he, they do tend to get along yeah, they, together they, yeah Misery loves company. Exactly. There we
2: go. That's the the motto of the show today. I look at it, too, as they have to go to sleep at night knowing that they acted that way. So, for me, it's like if that's what makes you, quote-unquote, happy at the end of the day, treating Uh. people like that and being mean to coworkers that you have to work with to get things done. I mean, it's just... It's, a, it's yep.
1: the definition of true idiocy. So don't be an idiot.
2: Yeah, don't be an idiot.
1: <laughs> don't
3: be an idiot. I've noticed that a lot of people are also just stressed out.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. Like
3: we all deal with stress differently. And I know I've had a good few times where... It happened so many times that you knew at this point in this project, so-and-so is about to get really, like, attacky about everything. And <laughs> okay. then once we finish it and all the stress is gone, then they're going to come in and apologize. Okay. Because we do this every single time.
1: Oh, yeah. But routine. it also,
3: you know, for the sake of myself, it got to a point where I know it's happening. So I'm like, it got easier to just brush it off because right. I'm like, this is just this is just what's going to happen. Let me not get worked up
1: and, and all and, um, and it's, it's not, not personal. It. Yeah, it's not personal, and it's so you not. don't take it personally. So you're not offended, right? You know, yeah. I like the idea that there's a little room for compassion with people because I know, you know, I have my moments when you know I'm I'm after so many years in the workplace, I'm pretty good at work, but or with clients. But when it, you know, we all have our moments, and so I do like to say I'll extend compassion to people just to you know. Sometimes it's not mean; it's just being forceful or forthcoming or need to get something done and, damn it, I need it right now, you know, and that happens and that can come across as mean, but it's usually not meant that way. So now we're going to move on to the confidence game. Um, One of the things I've noticed in working with a lot of 20-somethings and especially the kids coming right out of college is the confidence aspect of really being present and performing at your highest levels in the workplace is a little bit lacking. It's difficult to be confident when you don't know what the hell you're doing and they plop you into the workplace and you are expected to kind of figure it out and you're lucky if you run across people that are willing to take time to train you on things or to give you advice because that often doesn't happen, you know, because businesses are so understaffed these days and everybody's doing, you know, how many more jobs than we used to be doing. And I know myself, like, when I first got into advertising I had I got my first ad agency job at 48 years old so I was older than 95% of the people in the office and it really affected my confidence but I didn't really understand that till I didn't work there anymore and I was like oh my god I was so nervous about expressing myself and really you know sharing my creative ideas or being my goofy self because I can be totally goofy and I wasn't that there because I didn't have the confidence to be that there. And then I had, you know, some health issues that kind of changed my perspective on everything. And now I, I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a really good place to be. I mean, I, not that I don't care as much as I know how to make the impression that I want to make in the environment to, you know, and have the confidence to express myself fully. Not to hold back anymore, I don't hold back, and so Dominique is has this wonderful color coaching that she does, and so I'm going to ask her to talk to us and lead the conversation around confidence, and how you know I know we've all had confidence issues, you know, especially in advertising, and we've talked about this before, oh my God, you're, yeah you're putting your your <laughs> idea out there as as you I mean it comes from your emotional side because creative people are naturally emotional, so let's talk about confidence, dom um. I know for me, the thing that
3: helped me probably the most with confidence in this industry is also, like, the thing that made it harder for me to get in the industry, um, oddly enough. So, I graduated from college and portfolio school basically at the beginning and then at the end of the recession. Oh, So, it took geez. me almost another two years to actually get a job. Although, oh, man. like, I interned in there. But, so, like, all of that just took a huge hit on you know, how confident you are and how in your abilities. And so, but what I noticed was once I actually got into an agency, some of the stuff that other people would take personally or take to heart, I was able to let some of it roll off easier because I was like, I already like hit rock bottom on this. (laughs) So,
2: Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) So, this this is nowhere near that bad. Once the worst happens, (laughs) exactly. Once the worst happens, like there's not really a whole lot they can do to be on that. Right.
3: But, um, Even when I did start, though, I can tell you there was a lot of differences between then and then now. And so when I work with interns, I try to, at least with some of them, I try to tell them this. Because I notice with interns, they're either crazy, overly confident, or they're like, they don't believe that they're good at anything. There's like no in between for some reason. And so um, a lot of times I just try to tell people, like, remember when you were a little kid and you would just say stuff. Like you, you had these it crazy, out. yeah, you had these crazy ideas. You just blurt it out. Like to an extent, you got to get back to doing that yeah. because some half is going to be wrong, half of it's not. And I put wrong in quotes because advertising is subjective. Yeah, absolutely. So to an extent, nothing really is wrong. So why not just put it out there? Because a lot of times people will, somebody else will just play off of what you said. And, and it'll spark somebody yeah. else
1: to think about something. Yeah. I've said that to my husband before. How awesome would it be if you know how kids when they're two or three years old and they dance and sing yeah. and jump around and throw themselves on they the don't ground? Care. When they get mad, they throw themselves on the ground <laughs> and yell and oh, like yeah. wouldn't it be cool if we could all do that? Yeah. How awesome would that be? But even to the extent of just like letting out what you've got in there, the idea that yep. you have and if it's even if it sucks, who cares, you know? Because other people might not think it sucks. That could be your little voice in your head telling you exactly. that it does when it doesn't, you know. But you could, yeah, you could be like, oh, nobody's going to like this. And
3: then, like, that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, my God, I never thought of it that way. Right. Because that, that, that was your unique way to think about it. So, yeah, I, for me, I think when I finally got to the point of, like, just say stuff and just, you know, see what happens, that's when things started to, I guess, when I started to get more comfortable to keep just saying stuff. Right, and not be all you know nervous and think anybody's going to be like, oh, you're going to get fired because you don't know what you're
1: talking about. Yeah, because they, they don't fire you in advertising. They don't. For bad not ideas. For that.
0: <laughs> Thank goodness they don't do that.
1: They don't, but the yeah, the confidence thing is really it's it's so interesting to watch because I'm watching mm-hmm. my son right now getting at, just starting to dip his toe in the work world a little bit. And before he did his internship last summer, he was like, but I don't if they would just tell me what I was supposed to do, I'd feel so much better about it. And, uh, I don't know how to do what they're gonna ask me to do. And I'm like, honey. They'll they'll explain it to you. Well he did one internship and now he's just like, I'm ready to go to work, I'm good. He has no he no he has no fear because that three month time of just throwing him in and letting him figure it out and being successful you have to do that in A order lot to figure happen. it out. You got to throw yourself in with everything you got to really figure out how you're going to sink or swim, you know? So Sydney, what do you think?
2: See, I'm on the opposite end of that where I just kind of started. I just transitioned from internship to full time, um, in the marketing advertising industry. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Am I doing this right? I questioned myself and, always second guess myself but now it's almost been 6 months in this industry still a baby and still a work baby <laughs> a work baby and you're right it is about just doing it just take your shot try it i mean if you fail just you got to get back up because mm-hmm. no one's going to punish you for your dumb idea that you think might be dumb but really isn't dumb and it could spiral something bigger and better mm-hmm. and you, that's why you have a team and people there to help you Because they take that idea and spin it and turn it 400 different ways So if you didn't say it, it would, wouldn't would go anywhere
1: Right, you yep. wouldn't end up at at the end of that really yeah. good idea. And idea. everybody's
3: nervous Like quite honestly, whenever you present Literally everybody's nervous
1: Yeah, oh, no absolutely No matter
3: how long they've been there Because they're, they're still showing something that came out of their head Which is so
2: vulnerable It is I think every single day that I wake up and go to work and step into the office and sit at my desk, I gain a little bit more confidence every single time just because I know I should take that little risk. And there's that little itty-bitty person inside of me just pushing me to just just do it. You can do it. Just come on. Just try it. And I do. And so every time I do do that, I do gain confidence. I am overall, I like to think, a pretty confident person. but. Mm-hmm. Starting a new job and new people and new everything, it really threw my confidence and made me question a lot. So, Plus,
1: office environments are so different than the jobs you have before you go to an office environment. Yeah. Like you were a nanny, right? Yeah. You were a nanny. Yeah. I worked in media, so we were always setting up media stuff, you know, setting up back in the 80s video dances (laughs) (laughs) and and audio setups and movie projection. That's what I did in college and, and, you know, McDonald's, fast food. And then you get into an office and you're like,
2: what is going on here? What is this? Yeah, my office was little kids, so it's a little different working with big kids now.
3: (laughs) I worked mostly retail, so, yeah, it
2: was totally different. Yeah, retail is way different.
1: Bizarre. Yes. What do you think, Randy? Of oh, what? Tell me about your lack, your experience gaining confidence.
0: What wow. you've seen, what kids,
1: um, kids you've seen kids grow from being.
0: I've seen a lot of kids come in in my industry who are overconfident. Um, yeah, what do you do about that? <clears throat> you remind them um, that <laughs> they don't know shit.
2: That <laughs> they need to hide. I mean.
0: You know, and, and you really, honestly, you really have to be careful with that because, you know, you go to school. When I went to, when I first got into the radio business, I'd gone to, you know, Specs Hour, went to the radio school. And the first place you get to, they always say, forget everything you learned in broadcast yes. school. I'm going to teach you how to do it right. All right. Well, fortunately, you can learn from a lot of different people in the radio business because you're going to bounce around a lot. Um, coming from the recording industry schools the The folks that come out of I call them kids but the the people that come out of there think that they know everything um and they really don't they really don't have a grip, especially when they're going from a place where they're mostly doing music to coming into the audio post world because it's a completely different animal yeah. so to gently remind them uh that they should sit down, shut up, and watch what i'm doing. Um, <laughs> Ask questions because I'm a wealth of knowledge. I'm happy to answer any question you have, but don't come in and tell me how to do it. Ooh, yeah. ouch, ouch, <clears> ouch. <throat> yeah, well, it yeah, happens. Yeah. You
1: know. I've seen that. I had an employee, God, and I loved her so much, but she didn't have the people skills that she needed to have to work with clients because the type of business I was running, our employees worked one-on-one with the clients. And so mm-hmm. if the client you never argue with the client. the client wants it a certain way or they forget to tell you something and they say they did tell you, you don't argue with them because it's, you know, they're paying you to be there and you just, as part of being, uh, you know, a client-facing employee, you have to have these great emotion management skills. And she didn't have those yet. But she was bound and determined that she needed to be, you know, get this promotion. She and I actually ended up because she was overconfident, and we tried to explain, you know, I tried to explain to her the kind of things she needed to pick up on and, and get better with. And we ended up, I ended, she she resigned, and she was upset that I wasn't upset. And what I told her was, you you know, sometimes you have to leave the company you're working for to get that promotion because the company you're working for knows who you are, knows your skills intimately they also know your weaknesses intimately a new employer doesn't know your weaknesses yet and that's okay and that sometimes you'll be able to rise through the ranks faster that way so i'm really happy for you which she didn't know what to do with that because but as a boss i'm always looking out was always looking out for the person not necessarily just the employee and i knew it was the right thing for her i really did know that i couldn't give her what she wanted but they could and she's still with that company and just Doing amazingly well because she was really good. She just didn't have that little bit of client, you know, customer service kind of thing that we needed at that point. So, yeah, clients clients are paying big money to be in a room with you, <laughs> you know, for an hour, paying by the hour to sit in a room with you. You better be able to handle their needs mm-hmm. and make them happy, right. you know. Right. So not just from the technical standpoint, but from the emotional sure. and you know service aspect of it. So, so Dominique, do you have any do you have any tips for being more confident or for raising your confidence from your color coaching work? Um,
3: outside of just throwing yourself out there and just saying things or sharing your thoughts, um, practice what you're going to say beforehand if you need to. Um, sometimes I know we get in meetings and people just like wing it. And it's always that moment when you look at like your your scripts or whatever your, idea, your paper is for the first time. When everything's together and you're like, oh my God, none of this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and part of that, usually that's like a voice, or but sometimes it actually doesn't make sense. You just, this is your first time realizing it. But even if it doesn't, like... Um, I try to number practice it first, and then if I do get there in the meeting and I start freaking out and I realize maybe this isn't the right idea, it doesn't make sense, I still try to smile through it and say it <laughs> like it's like it's the best thing ever. <laughs> exactly. Because, yes. so, and I will say, sometimes your delivery, like, actually is what sells it more so than the actual idea.
1: Oh, exactly. It's just because
3: you're enthusiastic. So, but... um.
1: I think that's yeah, a really I've good confidence
3: enthusiasm. Yeah. I think
1: that's a really good tip right there. Is just be enthusiastic about what you're doing, and mm-hmm. I've also heard um, that instead of feeling some, when you feel that fear or anxiety, instead of instead of calling it fear or anxiety, call it excitement, and it feels the same, but it has a positive connotation mm-hmm. as opposed to a negative one. You know, and uh, I like. I like that. I love the idea of just jump in and do it and, and don't be afraid of failing. When we first started, um, when I first started the podcast, I had gone to a um, podcast guy and talked to him about what their process was and how it worked. And, and what I loved, one of the things that he said that I just loved was, don't be afraid to fail. You have to yep. produce 10 of these podcasts before you'll even know what you're doing and what it should sound like and who should be on it. So, yeah. Don't be afraid to to do 10 really bad podcasts before you do your 11th good one. Yeah. And that just really gave us, because I was doing a podcast with a friend at the same time we started, both of us started ours at the same time. And it gave us permission to suck, which mm-hmm. is awesome. <laughs> you know. And, and if a company hires you and you're a young person and they hire you, they see something in you. And if you make a mistake or, you know, don't be afraid to suck. Don't be afraid to make mistakes yep. because people, the only people who don't make mistakes are people who aren't doing anything, which is was my mantra in my 20s, and I made a lot of mistakes. Um, and let's see, what else? What else we got? Anybody have anything else they want to say about confidence? I was also going to say the
3: just failing part mm-hmm. is the more you do that, you people learn faster that way. You, cause I've you, heard that. you, you like, literally... This didn't work. This didn't work. This didn't work. So eventually you're like, oh, I know all 18 of these things don't work. But these 19 and 20, this is what works. So now next time you do it, you
1: got it. So fail faster. Yeah,
0: right. (laughs) That's what they say. You know what's a drag is when you have somebody new who comes into an old situation um, with new ideas. At least they think they're new ideas and they spend the first few months of their new (laughs) New job, giving you new ideas in their mind, and, and you going, dude, we did that 25 years ago. That doesn't work.
1: I know. I've, I've, been, in that, I've been that person. So have, have been I. That and, and
0: you know what? Uh, I, that turned my... I, I made a mistake by saying I never worked with mean people, because that's a lie. My entire staff turned on this kid, and everything oh he no. tried to do, they said no.
2: Oh. No, you can't do that.
0: No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. And he was gone he was just like, well, <laughs> what am I doing here? I'm not no. doing anything here. <laughs> Bye-bye. You know, oh,
1: yeah. um, that was tough. That yeah. was tough.
0: And it was a big mistake. And, and um, I hope I never make that one again.
1: It's, it's tough, too. It is really when you've got somebody coming in new to an environment or an existing team. And you may have tried five of their ideas. So how do you get across to them that, you know, well we tried tried that, it didn't work. Yeah, you gotta be nice about saying, it because Yeah, without you know, they leave their confidence
0: in the parking lot dragging them. Exactly.
2: The suck. I'm no good. Yeah, I've had that happen.
0: I think we left this kid yeah. with no confidence whatsoever.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. So I've what's he I'm sorry. I've had to give myself those little confidence pep talks here and there. Yeah. I mean but like you said, failing for me has given me my confidence most definitely. Mm -hmm. Like getting my hands dirty. I've got to get in there and get involved and figure it out and show up and fail sometimes to really...
0: Well, I don't know what that feels like. Failure is not an option for me.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, Randy. (laughs) Okay, fine,
1: Randy. Anybody have anything else? Dominic? you got anything else? Uh, Dominique, you got anything else to add? I'm sorry.
3: Um, The only other thing I was going to say is along that same lines of growing faster is people also notice your growth if they saw everything
1: oh yeah like they'll be like
3: i remember when you first got here and then where you are now and it's a little bit sometimes it sticks in their head better yeah but the other part of that is nobody's for real gonna remember like remember it the way you remember it yeah they're just gonna be like wow you're amazing now And not, wow, you sucked before.
1: (laughs) I like that. So just head toward amazing and leave suck behind. Right. Then just keep going, right? That's it. That's the lesson. That's Dom's lesson for the day. I love it. You don't suck. You don't suck anymore. So anyway, okay, we're going to wrap up with a quote that I, again, another quote that I came across that I loved, is when you complain, you make yourself a victim Leave the situation, change it, or accept it. All else is madness. And that's Eckhart Tolle. I love that guy. He is so amazing. That we really do have 100% responsibility for our lives and how they're going and what's happening in them. And if you're somewhere where you find yourself complaining a lot, either look at your, you know, what's your what's your game? What are you trying to do with those complaints? Are you trying to actually do something with them or are you just enjoying the wine fest and if the situation really isn't working for you, leave it. You know, go find your tribe. So that's a, a the ending piece of Work Mom advice is if your workplace really doesn't fit you, don't be afraid to leave. So Because you, there will be places out there that do. So that's it for today. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a few different guests. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, send an email to laurie at workmomsays.com. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to Work Mom Says. Don't be an idiot. For more information, you can email Work Mom at L O R I Work Says.com. That's Lori at workmomsays.com. And remember, <sighs> don't be an idiot.